It's 5.01. It's been a long day, and we have lots to say. Yeah, we're just two young professionals having genuine conversations with no filters. So if you had the stuff to say at work, but you couldn't, that's why we're here. So check us out. Yeah, man, check us out. If you're new to the podcast, you can follow us on Instagram at bougiebowtie and professord4 underscore. So let's have a real conversation. Let me tell you how I really feel. All right, let's get it. I'm a one young, one young. All right, all right. Episode 9 of the 501 Talk Series. Once again, co-host Darren Ford with... Charlie Rod Newson. Everybody, how is it going? We are on episode 9. One more before we clap this thing out. But we, as we always say, it's much appreciated. And we're just going to get to doing what we do. It's a slight little difference, at least in our career field, where things have slowed down a little bit. Um, conversations are slightly different, but in a weird way, it's kind of interesting on how many thoughts are being processed now that I have a lot of my responsibilities out the way. So I think the content's going to get better and better, but yeah, let's just kind of check it out and jump right into this thing. How are you feeling, Charlie? I'm feeling good. I mean, it was interesting uh, when we recorded our last pod, uh, one of our... One of our friends that we mutual friends reached out to us like, oh hey, like, are y'all done with like five hundred one? Like you, you said, like it's gonna be coming to an end. I'm like, no, 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 no. Mm-hmm. chill. Like we're we're still going on going right. to season two. We're thinking about what that's gonna look like, um, but we really we want to close up this season with two, you know, really good um, finishers for episode nine, and episode ten. Yeah, yeah, and that's cool that people were like listening that deep into it because I would say as a nervous habit of uh, being a podcaster is that. You know, and the feedback that we received in the past is, oh, are they getting the con? Are they getting the entirety of the content? Where maybe my intro wasn't the best, or the first topic wasn't as good as the last topic, and it's like, damn, did they even get to the end? But to hear that is pretty dope. It's like, oh wait, y'all not closing out, are you? Like, so pretty much you had to listen to get that far into it. So that's pretty dope to hear. Mm-hmm. Cool, cool. Am I starting? Or are you starting this time? Uh, I can start. Let's get it. Yeah. And I mean, just to give y'all some some idea, um, you know, you may hear sort of some noise in the background. That's just my car, you know, <laughs> you know making some noises. But we got the AC blasting because it's out here in SoCal right now. We had to deal with a hundred fucking, you know, five degrees in the past couple of days. So it's just good to have like 90s again. Yeah. So, you know, shout out to those who live in SoCal. You understand for sure. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> so, yeah, I think our first topic that I got is something that we've been talking about um, sort of, you know, off mic um, is what does money represent and specifically money in regards to friendship and the reason why I kind of thought about this is because I remember um, I would say throughout my time in like high school and college you know money was tight you know as, as any college student or high school student knows like money is just super tight and like you know you try to go out still you try to have hang out with friends and stuff like that and you start to live like a, a really fun and extravagant life, but then your your bank account says, no, get the fuck, you need yeah. to chill. Um, so then we start to evaluate like, okay, well, how can we then still hang out, still be friends without going out and do stuff? And I think what was really interesting is that like throughout high school, we were able to figure out ways to do that. We'll hang out at friends' places. Um, you know, fortunately, some, some friends I've had, like they their parents would always cook for us. Mm-hmm. So it was cool to have that. But I mean, I think, during that time, I, I remember when I grew up with uh, my family and, you know, would always sort of treat us out to dinner. And I, I remember it, it felt like a normal thing, like, oh, hey, you know, like we're going out to dinner. It's going to be great. Um, we'll go out to these vacations and stuff like that. And we had that for a good, like, couple of years. Mm-hmm. But then it all of a sudden it kind of stopped. And it made me sort of think, like, huh, if we're not going out and doing all these things, does that mean we're less of a family? Uh-huh. And and I made me think like, oh, does that also apply with friendship? Like, does that make us less of friends because we're not going out and doing stuff and spending money? Mm-hmm. And it really started to make a little bit more sense for me, um, probably when I uh, met my wife, because the way she grew up was, hey, you know, even though like you're we're going out somewhere to eat, like. I got it this time. Next time you can get it. That's cool. It just became more of a mutual understanding. Mm-hmm. And I think I learned a lot from that because, you know, you can have that sort of relationship with friends where it's like, hey, you know, now that we're we're working and stuff like that, we have money. Hey, I got you this time. Don't worry about it. You can catch me up next time. That's cool. And it almost takes the burden off a little bit where mm-hmm. it's like, hey, we're, we're not having to split the bill 10 different ways just to make sure every penny gets accounted for. Like, yeah. it just, it's more of like, hey, 
you know, I, I, I got you. We're close friends. But I, I understand. I got to trust you that, hey, we're gonna, you're going to get me back next time if you, you, if you can. Mm-hmm. And I think it, it really builds a cool understanding of friendship a little bit more of, like, that unspoken you know, rule or mm-hmm. unspoken, you know, commonality that you have between friends. And, you know, it almost makes that money, money will always be there as, as a part of it, mm-hmm. but it's not the focal point. Right, right. Yeah, yeah man, it, I'm still trying to learn that for myself because I didn't really grow up with the most responsible people when it comes to money. So I remember those, like when you said, we're going to split this card five ways or everybody make sure you put $12.73 in. It's like, it was so much of that, and I think, again, I had great friends that, at the end of the day, we all were able to get things done, you know, pay for stuff, like, we had fun, right? But I do think that it created, like, a mistrust amongst a lot of people, at least when I was growing up, because not everybody was that responsible, or a lot of people looked at it as, oh, if six people were putting in, then I ain't got to put in. And just growing around that was just like, all right, well... For one, y'all taking my money when I ain't got it. And when I started to get it, my mindset slowly adapted. My mindset was like, fuck that. Like, now that I got money, I'm really not wasting it, right? Like, that was kind of how my mentality went into play. But like I I was saying, like, you start to see that the environment is starting to change. Like, hey, man, I got you. Don't trip. Hey, man, we're going to go out and do this and do that. And where it started to slowly have me go into these situations like, all right, well, maybe everybody isn't out trying to get me or not you know everybody is actually being responsible but i also think that comes with the maturity mm-hmm. of your friends and also the the friends circle all together because i think that helped the friend circle where it wasn't the same people from last time this is a different group mm-hmm. of people with a different group of values mm-hmm. like like the way you said if i'm over here with your friends and that's the and that's the vibe i'm way more comfortable doing that with newly in my perspective mature people Mm -hmm. versus maybe going back home and try to do all that with my friends that are just older Mm -hmm. because it's like bro last time we did this Mm -hmm. you still low-key owe me some money you know what (laughs) i'm saying so it just kind of is weird for me still but the obligation of spending money though i know we talked about that now i guess in the context of the grand scheme of things um did you feel like there's been a heightened obligation to spend money like oh snap everybody's been getting it now let me be the first one to put my card down like have you looked at it like that or been in those situations you know i've actually never experienced anything so much as that just because it's like i i I guess i never really put myself in that position where oh you know like everybody's making money like i i need to sort of compensate i guess to to try to spend money and and make it you know equal to what they're doing Uh i just kind of like now especially where i'm at like with people it's just like oh hey you know like you know, if if people are spending money, cool. Like that's that's great, and I, I still live within my means as I go out, mm, okay. um, not to try to overspend either and, and stuff like that. But you know, I think it's one of those things where if even if I go out and like I treat someone out to something or anything like that, like I just kind of see it as like, hey, you know, like you know, again, I get you now. That's cool. You know, I I, I almost like I value the friendship in the sense of I know. This is eventually going to sort of even out it on its own Damn. in the long run. Like I, I don't think about it in, in the grand in the small scheme of it. Like oh well, hey, I paid ten bucks for you. Like are you going to get me back tonight? Like, are, are you going to Venmo me? Or are you going to fucking like you know oh, do all that stuff? Yeah. But I kind of think I was like, hey, you know what? I, I definitely see our friendship being a longer thing where mm-hmm. I, I know it's just going to come around and that's fine. And if it does, great. You know, it's awesome. You know, that's funny. Cause I think how we always get to the bigger picture with all of our topics is trust. Because mm-hmm. as as I like as I listen to people nowadays, I, I try to like incorporate myself in like the imagery that I feel like I'm seeing that you're creating, and I <laughs> I ain't gonna say I wouldn't now, but there's definitely recent history where I was like, hey, so that Venmo though, <laughs> because at the end of the day, I didn't trust it, right? You know, at right, the end of the right, day, right. it's like, all right. I think what threw threw me off was okay. We're all gonna go hang out. Let's say whatever costs $50, whatever, right? Hey, man, I ain't got it. Da, 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 da. You think you can spot me? Okay, now my 50 just went up to 100, just mentally speaking. Mm-hmm. So in my mind, I'm like, okay, I expected to spend 50. That's still my budget, but now I just spent 100. So I now need the $50 back, but I feel like it's more of a need because the person, and again, this is like a hypothetical just in the genre of like what we've been talking about, but 
because I don't really trust the whole entire situation, I'm kind of more on it like, yeah, I kind of need that 50 back because I I wasn't originally thinking about spending mm-hmm. that. Uh, anyways, I'm getting better <laughs> at, at least for me, understanding that, at least for me, it's not really about trust. For me, it's just about ready to lose the money. Mm-hmm. Because I, I find it hard to trust people with money, and that's just what I'm still trying to go through. But I look at more like, you know what? I'm with these people. We hanging out. You know what? It's probably going to cost me extra $100 a day just to hang out. Mm-hmm. I have to tell myself that going into those situations because mm-hmm. if I don't and I'm expecting these budgets and whatever and it goes over that, then I start getting a little more like, damn, well, that's $75 that low-key homeboy still owe me and you don't be getting that shit back. You know what I'm saying? Right, so right. it's like, it's no point of stress on it. Or at least in my case, no point of like trust nobody over it because if you're going to get me, I think we probably established that beforehand. Mm-hmm. But if, if I have to depend on it, like, hey, at some point you're going to get me, I just didn't grow up like that. Yeah, yeah. And I think that I, I'm starting to learn that as well. It's like before it, it almost felt like uh, like a dependence kind of thing where, you know, like I, I remember there are times where, you know, a couple people had to get me or vice versa. And it... it, it it became more of a, a theme of just dependence at that point. And mm-hmm. you start to, like, once you start to add money into anything, friendship, family, anything that stuff, it starts to blur lines a little bit where mm-hmm. it's kind of like, oh, hey, well, does that mean, like, I owe a debt to you now? Like, or, or, yeah. is, it, or is it more than that? Or it, it, it becomes beyond just a friendship anymore. It becomes more of an indebtedude. Um, and, and I think that's something interesting just because I, I think I struggle with a little bit of that now more so of, me giving like oh, okay, I, I okay. struggle sometimes with like sometimes I, I do want to treat people out you know just because either I don't see them very often or it's just a, like a gesture that you know I, I wanted to give but you know sometimes like people like they don't want that or, or they don't know how to express that they don't want that yeah and, and so, that's another one too yeah and, and like I, I, I sort of take it a, a, a certain way where it's like I I want to, and like at a certain point, you you start to weigh it out, like which one's gonna win, like are they gonna take it? No, yeah, right. You go back and forth, Um, and so it's like which one's gonna win. But then it's like I I feel bad, like if if honestly this person doesn't want it, I have to respect that too. Mm -hmm. So yeah, yeah, it's finding that balance, I guess. Yeah, it's tough, man. I got one friend. You always talk about that's my boy. He, we the only ones that got like money figured out between us. Like we've grown our whole entire lives with each other. Shout out my man Jay Haynes. He know who he is. He was. We just have a system where we just split everything fifty fifty. Like wife laughs at it, friends laugh at it. It's like bro, that was five dollars. Like y'all, you really about to send him two fifty? And we look at each other like yes, because that's our system. Sure. And however it works, but I but we both come from a, a, a similar situations that. I I can't speak for him, but at least I hated being the person that owed, and I hated being the person that waited on somebody to owe. So because of that experience, I just wanted to remove all doubt, period. How much I owe you? $2? Here, just take the $2 mm-hmm, now, because mm-hmm. I don't even want that to linger over, because I've been in a situation like, man, I'm still waiting on that 20, mm-hmm. and I've been on, and I've also been in that situation like, hey, Dan, you said you was going to get me back this day, now it's this day. It's like, mm. oh, I just hated that feeling. Right, so right. let's just eliminate all of it. How much is it? Kum, kum, kum. Cash it out. Yep. Like yep. Zelle, quick pay, cash out were the greatest things for me because I'm like, oh yeah, let's send this right now. Mm-hmm. It's not mm-hmm. even bullshit together. So yeah, that shit is funny, man. I have a funny story. Uh, I'm going to just shout out my peoples because we, we ended the first season, so they got to mm-hmm. know who we talked about at this point. But my man, my little bro, J4 Productions, had me cracking up one time. I don't even know if I told you about this. Okay. So it's it's in the, it's, it's those situations where like, oh okay, but everybody's kind of spending money. People got a little bit more money. Let me be the guy to do it, mm-hmm. right? And so I was getting engaged. I was I was, I was engaged, and getting ready to get married, and we I went out to the bar. And this to this day is gonna be like a legendary story because it was so funny. So we're all out, you know, we kicking in, chicken out of the bar, and my bro, you know, he's the man in college, but. He was in a different state, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Where stuff as, isn't as expensive. But here in Cali, a drink could be fourteen dollars. You know what I mean? Which yeah. is crazy. Yeah. But it is what it is. So I remember we all kicking in, like, oh, let's get shots, let's get shots. And he's like, Yo, yo, let me be the guy to like get everybody a shot. And I'm over here looking at him like, mm, Oh <laughs> no, you like cringe for I'm him. I'm over here like, but I was laughing though. Comes like, I understand what he's trying to do. But I know this ain't that situation. Right, so right. Like, oh, I got y'all. What y'all want? Everybody's like tequila, and 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 I'm I'm growing up a little bit, so I'm like tequila shot, 
No, like that's not cheap. Yeah. You know what I mean? And that's like eight of us. Yeah. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah, let me get everybody. A You're shot. fucking doing the accounting in your head right that's now. That's what I'm saying. Like, I'm just thinking. I'm like, man, I love my bro, man, but this ain't gonna add up the way he thinks. So this ain't this ain't the other state. So, oh man, I just remember as the bill is coming back, <laughs> I remember whispering to him, it's like, don't flinch. <laughs> and he was like, what? You know what I mean? I was like, I'm like, don't flinch. So he opens up the checkbook or the the booklet, whatever you want to call it. And he flinched. And I was crying. He was like, oh, shit. <laughs> so we all had to kind of, you know, compensate and yeah, put in yeah, and stuff. Yeah. But it was just, I think that's a really good example of one of those stories of like, yo, I know things are changing and I want to be that guy. But sometimes you just got to know where, you, where your limits are. You know mm-hmm, what I mean? Because, mm-hmm. yeah, that was a life lesson for him for sure. But that was hilarious to me because I literally saw the whole thing playing itself out. And I'm like, don't flinch. And, yo, man, we learned from that. But that was funny, bro. Oh, man. So, with the money side of it, I kind of wanted to get to another side of it as well. Kind of sticking on the same topic a little bit. But I've been teaching myself about credit cards, okay? And, you know, playing around with it. Obviously know what they are. But as income is becoming more regular, I'm trying to get smarter with my spending, and so I'm watching all these on different you know videos. And another guy to shout out, his name is oh, damn, what's his name? Graham Stramp, something like. I, I, I'll figure it out. Put it in the link for everybody. But this dude is like this real estate tycoon, 26 years old, millions of dollars. Basically, never went to college and just found a way to make a whole bunch of money, right? Okay. But he's very, very smart, and and it's, I think his niche is that he's uh, frugal, right? He's not a he's not a huge spender. Like everything that he spends makes a little bit of sense. Okay. And so I've just been learning about it. And I guess I wanted just to bring up of what is your concept of money? Like, do you see it as like a literal thing that it's as it's a necessity for everyday life? Or is it more of a concept of how to make things just move? Okay. Mm-hmm. And I guess just to give a more a little bit more context on that, like as I'm learning about credit cards, it's not a scam. It's not scary. It's just a way to get credited more money. And again, I'm being very general about this, Mm -hmm. but it's just a way to be credited more money with the belief of the responsibility that you're going to pay it back. Yep. Right. So as I start to understand that, because everything was taught to me in a fear base, the the first mentor that I've ever had in my life, I remember I was in fifth grade, I was getting ready to go to sixth grade and he said, never get a credit card. Mm -hmm. Right. It sticks with you too. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And he was like a big deal to me. So I'm like, I'll never get a credit card. Yep. And, you know, you talk to people about it. Like, yeah, I heard you never should get a credit card. And those who weren't, didn't have really a good understanding were like, yeah, don't get those things. And they can be in debt and you have the old interest. And like, it, it was very fearful of mm-hmm. like, yo, mm-hmm. if you have a credit card, it's at the last case scenario, blah, 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 blah. And as I've been learning about this stuff, that was completely false. Like, it's not a scary thing. It's actually to benefit you. At the end of the day, you have to pay it back. Mm-hmm. But it's all it was always taught to me that's like this is money that you use that you don't really have, so you just slowly pay it back in the future. But that's what leads to interest and all this debt and all this fees and all this stuff that right, actually right. get you where not the credit card itself. So it made me look at it like, okay, is this a concept of how money works, or is money literally what I need to move forward. Like, I don't know like, how you ever thought about it like Well, that. I mean, I, I I think now that you're talking about it in that way, like, it, it teaches responsibility. I mean, okay. it teaches someone like, hey, if you don't have or you don't project that you're going to have money to pay this back, then you don't have money to spend. Like, yeah. bottom line. Like, you, bottom just, line. You, you shouldn't spend this money. Mm-hmm. And so, it like, it, it teaches you how to properly be responsible with money. And again, you know, going forward with that, like, if you're able to show that you're responsible with money in this capacity in like a small type of format oh okay then you when you later on when you go apply for like an auto loan or a right. house loan they're gonna look at that they're mm-hmm. gonna be like oh hey you were responsible with all this and you even got your um credit limit increased even more like right. that shows your responsibility so of course we're gonna consider you for mm-hmm. an auto loan or a house loan and they put it like and this is because we're always big picture right so this i was watching like several videos and it made me be like the world pays people or how I want to do it the world gives people who damn I don't even know how I want to put it bro I think I want to say society benefits those who contribute to society okay and what I mean by that is that auto loans home loans these are just these are just contracts between you and a debt department or a bank basically Mm -hmm. to say 
hey, you're responsible enough to pay us back or as you've done it before, we're going to give you a reduced rate, right? And that in the literal sense is like, oh, I just need a home loan so I can get a house. But it's like, no, you're basically evaluating how responsible I am and what's going to contribute to whatever I want to do with it. Mm -hmm. Because the responsible people will say, okay, well, I want to buy a house, but because I can get it at such a low rate, I'm going to buy two. It's like, damn, you can buy two, but like, if the way it works is that, well, if they believe that you're responsible, then they believe that you're going to pay it back. Mm-hmm. So you're, I guess, I guess the person that's more connected, so to say, is like, oh, why would I buy one house? I can buy two. Yeah. Why would I buy a house? I can buy an ap- apartment complex. How I get my money paid back is the responsibility of how I treat my tenants or whatnot. But it just made me look at it so different of like, Yo, this is more of an art of who's the more responsible person and the money is just the literal example of it. Mm-hmm. Because credit, you don't have $5,000, but they believe you can pay it back. Mm-hmm. So if you really look at it, you always have $5,000. So Because if you use it for a $100 payment and you're responsible and know you can pay it back, you put that 100 back, there goes your $5,000 back and you just mm-hmm. move forward. Yep. You never hit interest. You never owe anybody. And it's just... Damn, that's smart. Mm-hmm. But yeah, you know, sometimes the way it's taught, it's like, damn, I don't have, I don't have a hundred dollars, but now I got five. You know, five thousand, mm-hmm. and you're swiping shit, and it's like, yo, you don't really have this right, money, right. so you have to be responsible. And it just, it was just a completely different lens on it. it was very interesting. Yeah, and something I've learned over the years as well. It's like when, like, let's just say you get to a point where you have like, you know, a, a, a few credit cards, right? And so you're trying to work on, hey, you know, I gotta start paying these down and stuff like that. I was, I've learned that it's always better to start paying down um, in large amounts those ones that have larger interest rates on that credit card mm-hmm. versus ones that have low interest rates. Right. Because then, you know, you can make minimum payments on the low interest rates ones, pay off the high interest one. That way you're not accumulating more and more interest each right. time um, and just being responsible with that. It's just being responsible, yeah. man. I, I would even challenge it and say, the goal of a credit card for those who are responsible is to never pay interest. Mm-hmm. Like, because I, I went to the bank and they were, and they and they actually try to help you. Like, I sure. think everything I was not taught from a literal sense, but just how I perceived information mm-hmm. prior, I always felt like somebody was out to get me. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, here's a scam they trying to ha- have me sign up into. Here's some bullshit. You know what I mean? Where now that I've been exposed and educated myself, like these people, some people are actually trying to help you. So when I go to the bank, he's like, you should never pay interest. Like, never. You know what I mean? Like, you need to be, you need to get a credit card knowing that you can pay it off. So if it's five thousand, or let's say it's a two hundred dollar payment, and in reality you don't have two hundred, but you know you'll have it, give him a hundred. Give him a hundred. He said, "Don't even start playing that minimal on payment game mm-hmm. because that's what gets you." Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, okay, I'll just keep paying it off. Most people lose track of interest. Sure. Most people look at track when they start the credit card. So that fifteen on uh, that twenty five dollar payment now becomes seventy five dollars. Mm-hmm. And the other, I ain't gonna do the math, but the other percentage of that isn't even going to the amount that mm-hmm. you owe. So it's like, oh, yeah. Then it's just a game. Everything's a yeah. game, bro. Yeah, it, it's definitely good to have that sort of pre knowledge before yeah. going into the credit card because most people don't have that and they they go into it knee deep and they're trying to like now backpedal to try to like mm-hmm. recover from it and i mean i think let's, let's bring up a more controversial topic about this is mm-hmm. like student loans i mean you right. have people who are you know not even fully legal adults yet they're probably like 17 18 mm-hmm. they got to go to college they can't get financial aid mm-hmm. they're applying for student loans i mean it, i i think it's safe to say that people who are 17 18 probably don't have a good concept of money Bro. so for them to then dive into student loans and stuff like that like they're they're basically like signing off a good debt into their life mm-hmm. and and not having any idea of how to approach it or how to navigate it and i mean student debt like that's become a sort of a, a an epidemic in this day and age right now right. it's like it, it just continues to grow 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 without really any sort of concept to really solve it right right and so it, i don't know it's just kind of crazy man that's a really good i mean that's a really good point because I was getting ready to talk about the scarcity mentality. Mm-hmm. And I want to credit my brother again, J4. You know, uh, as we mentioned before, we're trying to interact with people on Twitter. If there's things that you see, questions that, you know, you want to respond to, please feel free to do that. 
and um, he um, he sent me something that was interesting. That I think ties into this, where there was a particular um, tweet out there about how a job that was paying thirteen what seventy five thirteen seventy four thirteen seventy four, um, and the and the job required a bachelor's degree, right? Now the typical blowback in that is the fuck like I got a. I'm one hundred twenty thousand dollars in debt. I had to get a degree to make thirteen dollars or thirty whatever mm. thirteen seventy five an hour. None of that shit adds up. So when I was looking at that, I was like, I wonder if I can bring up the scarcity mentality. And have you you know looked into that or heard anything about I've the scarcity? Heard about it? Can you go in a little more detail? Yeah. So the scarcity mentality is essentially you make your decision based on what you don't have. Ah. Uh, okay. 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 So damn. I need to buy, I need, I'm about to have kids, so I need to go do this. Or let's, what's a better literal example? Like, um, because I feel like I'm not going to make money in the future, I need to take whatever loan, I need to get whatever credit card just to make ends meet because I don't got it, mm-hmm. right? So because, so as the approach is I don't have something, I need to find a way just to get enough, mm-hmm. right? Now, that's a huge epidemic as if you really think about it, a lot of people operate like that re- relating it back to school i believe because now we're educated and on the career side of how things work i believe that a lot of people go after their education being or believing that this is the only way to be to make it in life mm-hmm. right so because i'm not educated and i have i need to go sit, get something i don't have i approach it differently mm-hmm. right now scarcity mentality as i was learning in some um, seminar is that you start putting yourself in situations that technically you don't have to be in mm-hmm. for instance student debt hey you need to get a college education we ain't got no money go take out a loan right there's not even a second thought to that it's just oh, okay that's how college works So you start putting yourself in these situations to where I need money to go to college. College is supposed to be the answer. And then you get hit with the reality that, yo, they're going to hire you for $13 and you just got your education. And then you you give up Mm -hmm. on the entire system itself. Like, this is bullshit. College is a waste of time. Financial aid is stupid and all this different stuff. But I think the larger picture is because you're chasing it. You don't really know how it works. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, what's your feedback on that, though? Yeah, because, I mean, I, I think that that process where someone's sort of chasing it, the, like, you could literally go down two different paths. Like, you could have someone who's chasing it, but they're hungry, and they're going to go figure out, like, hey, you know, if I got to take a part another part-time job, if I got to go find mm-hmm. a side hustle, like, I'm hungry, I'm going to go get it. Mm-hmm. Or you have the other side where it's like, you know, they're they're almost debilitated by it they're like the, oh there you go yeah. That's the so word. they're just mm-hmm. like oh man like i don't know what to do like i i guess i'm just gonna stick with this one low-paying job and hopefully i save up enough hopefully, it's yeah. hopefully it's yeah, not, it's not the, like a, mm-hmm. a guided plan that someone has where i'm like hey I'm, I'm gonna go figure this different things out this is my plan let me execute so right. it's almost like you're just going about things on the fly and hope that it, it pans exactly. out exactly you know? and you don't have to necessarily do that because like you were saying earlier on the opposite end of that is somebody who's hustling and say, hey, I need to get a couple more jobs. I need to make this happen. That's not necessarily the scarcity. Ment- well, it could be, depending on the situation. Sure, sure. But it's somebody being proactive about their decisions, though in the same situation, it's completely different. Because they're chasing, well, the person from a scarcity standpoint is like, I don't have shit, so I need to go get it. The other person is, this is what I need to go further with whatever I value. Mm-hmm. So let me hustle or whatever the case is to go figure that out. Right, right. I say that because now that we're in this field in which we work in, scholarships be left and right. Um, for certain funding, um, people saving up for actual college funds. Like there's ways to go about this where I've met people a lot of people that don't have any student debt paid their way through college, did some little things on the side, got scholarships to where like they look at you like, damn, you pay for school? I didn't mm-hmm. pay for that. Mm-hmm. And you and you're and for somebody, at least when I was growing up, I was like, how the hell is that even possible? You must have a lot of money. Yeah. Not necessarily. As you break down like and again, it's I think the hardest thing for people to understand is that it's probably more difficult than assume. But I think for everybody to just get over that shit, you have to just know. Everything's probably harder than what it seems, mm-hmm. because remember, I was it was a specific, um, girl who showed me this scholarship website back in college, and like she was just breaking all these scholarships and how you get them and how you submit these essays and all this different stuff, and then 
given that fund, she was going to have enough left here. Mm -hmm. So she had to work to then make that money. So I'm over here like, oh, I thought I was just supposed to take out a loan. You know what I mean? But she was broken down so much. She walks out of college the same time I do. Like, yeah, I ain't got no debt. Yeah. It's like, This is, like, what you just said right now, this is shit that people need to hear because it's like, you know, of course, uh, you know, high school students are going to benefit from this because it's like, hey, you know, I got to start thinking about this where... You know, if, if I can't be put in a situation where I'm taking it out alone, I have no idea what I'm doing. But also, like, adults need to hear this to pass it on to their kids as well. Because I saw this, like, tweet that was, I thought it was interesting, where it's like, it, this teaches me parenthood and being proactive about it. So, literally, what the tweet says is, my mom charged my older brother rent for, like, two years, but secretly saved it. And when he was getting ready to buy his house, she gave it all back to him. Genius. It's like, you have to get in front of all these different things and do whatever you need to do to mm-hmm. sort of make sure that you're in a good place and your future generation is going to be in a, is going to be in a good place and if if being informed is what it takes you be informed exactly. don't don't sit in you know um sort of confusion or sit in i i i'm not going to listen to everything what, what's being said mm-hmm. take it in let it soak let it inform you of how to you know act how to move forward now to that point the 1374 for a college degree i think what's important i guess it's our responsibility to kind of say education and careers are damn near unrelated. I think that concept just needs to be understood for a second because it's believed that you need to get an education to get a good job, but that's not necessarily true. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of good jobs. There's, there's, I mean, I can't, I don't want to like act like people who have good jobs who didn't get a, a formal education. I'm doing air quotes again aren't educated but the simple infrastructure of needing to go to college to get a good job is not necessarily true now you have engineers you have accountants okay but the majority and we can speak from this standpoint the majority of people in college are are in humanity based majors psychology uh you know sociology you know all these different things right liberal arts and all this stuff and so that doesn't necessarily lean to a specific career. So I think what's important after looking at that tweet is that I think what people need to understand, and I learned it as I started working here, was a job bases its qualification on solely what they think is important to them. Okay? So if they believe that this entry-level job is only worth $15 an hour and they want an educated person, they're going to put college degree on there. But it doesn't mean that you have to have it now i know that sounds far-fetched because requirement degree okay giving y'all the flip side of that i went to a workshop it was a couple years ago i went to a workshop and they were talking about how they create job descriptions Mm -hmm. they were saying that we need to make job descriptions intimidating on purpose to make our job easier Hmm. he said picture this if you have a good job that pays $25 an hour and you're basically doing A, B, and C and there's very minimal requirements, imagine how many resumes you have to go through. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's probably going to be, on average, I think it's like 250 that apply for every single position, or generally speaking. But in this case, he's like, well, that's probably going to be 500, 700, maybe even 1,000 people to apply for that job. We only need one. So how do we do our job better? We make it to where it seems difficult to get the job. But if the person who had, and this, the term he used was audacity, and it just made me think different. If this person has an audacity and a belief that they can submit their application for this job, we're required to look at it. So you may not have the degree, but you have the 10 years worth of experience. You may not have the 10 years worth of experience, but you have the degree. Whatever you feel like qualifies you for this job, give it to us. Mm-hmm. And we will make an, a, an a, mm-hmm. a evaluated choice or however you said it. But that blew my freaking mind because now that I look at a job description and it says, oh, bachelor's degree or 1375, I now look at it is that that has nothing to do with education. Mm. This is just throwing out a, 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 let's just say Disney, like whatever. It doesn't really Mm. matter. But let's just say a company like Disney is like, well, our production associates are going to be doing A, B, and C. Their competency needs to be this. As five people, 10 people in the room decide on that, they're like, Let's go get people who are college educated and have them apply. Okay, now college educated is part of that requirement. Mm-hmm. But the production associate position from a Disney standpoint, it's only worth about $12 an hour. But we're just trying to get the best person to do it. Mm-hmm. 
oh, then you start hearing that side of it. But on the very flip side of that, they could be like, you know what? You don't have to put that college degree on there because we need more people that are going to accept this. Right? Now, I don't know if you was at the, um, I don't know if you was there or not, but the extensions office, like, you know, we work in mm-hmm. higher education. So the extensions office, there, there's like a proposal that is going on where communi- uh, um, universities are con- are communicating with employers to get them to remove degree requirements off oh, the job description, right? Wow, and Google is one of the first, not first, but one of the companies headlining doing that. Hmm. So they're, so everybody who wants to don't think they can work at Google, you're not a nerd or you're not like a tech person, don't worry about it. Google bold um, internships, check it out, and just look at their jobs. They're starting to take off the degree requirements and they're focusing it on the, the, on the, the responsibilities. Mm-hmm. So now... And again, from an employer standpoint, it's like we need more people to apply for this job because what they're realizing is that, okay, $12 an hour, college educated, gets his foot in the door. They're not going to stay. They're like, wait, I, I'm educated. I got my foot in the door. I'm not, I don't need to make $12 an hour anymore. I'm going to go somewhere else that values that more. Mm-hmm. So now it's like, well, maybe the person who's not as college educated is saying, well, shit, maybe I could stay at Google for 10 years because I don't necessarily need to have that and I have all this other mm-hmm. stuff. So it's just... A fucking game out yeah. there but yeah i just really wanted to get that off because i think a lot of people are not taking advantage of opportunity because what is perceived to be right back to the whole scarcity right thing. And, and i mean i think the the word audacity comes up again because who's to say that when you apply you get you get an interview right mm-hmm. and let's just say they offer you the job like if you have enough self-worth and self-belief in yourself mm-hmm. that hey i could do this job i could do it well and i qualify for this who's to say that you can't pitch it to them like hey I bring this and a college degree. Can I? Can we negotiate our sal- my salary? Exactly. Like, just ask. Like, even go through that process because if, if you've made it this far, clearly they see value in you. Right. You have to see value in yourself mm-hmm. to even be like, hey, you know, like, can we work on this? Like, I, I, this is a little bit of amount. I gotta, you know, I gotta do whatever in terms of, um, you know, having a house payment or mm-hmm. a car payment, well, whatever, all that stuff you need to factor into. Mm-hmm. But it's like, hey belief and have the audacity to just sort of step into that too step into that yeah. now the what you will get combated by is like well how do you even get somebody to respond the reality of what's on indeed and what's on monster.com is these places that people use is that it's literally two percent of the market right it's two percent of the market and then it was a funny workshop that we went to where that's even less than that because based on hr obligations they have to post a job when the job they already know they're going to give it to somebody Mm -hmm. so you're only seeing a really small percentage of of what's out there on the internet so question is why do you even get yourself face to face as time and humanity is has remained the same so far you freaking ask you call up there and you ask there's been I've been fortunate to be in this role to hear so many different ways how people get jobs. And I'm not talking no rinky dink Burger King jobs, which you know, no disrespect. But it's yo, you about to be making 70? Oh, you about to go work at Google? Oh, you about to go uh, work at a university? It's, it's like so many different ways that people are doing it. How'd you do it? Man, I just called them up and see if there was hiring. Yeah. I called them up to see if they were taking applications or or um or resumes. Sometimes they say no, sometimes they say yeah, but once I had them say yeah, I got email information. I followed up with the guy. Person goes, "You're really persistent. Can you come by and just have just have a conversation?" Mm-hmm. These are these are technically people who don't have degrees even though we're talking about college students. But they're not being hired because they're college students. They're being hired because they called, they followed up, and they believe that they can do the job. Mm-hmm. So hopefully that changes the perspective of it. I mean, we're only talking to so many people, but I mean, it definitely needs to be pushed that you don't need shit that they tell you that you need. Like, I think the best way for me to look at it is what do I need and what opportunity best serves that? Mm-hmm. Because if I just read a job description, I'm like, damn, I ain't got that. You're going to turn away something that you don't even know you don't need, uh, right. that um, you could have gotten. Yep. Why? Because the man who said, no, I don't I don't meet some of these qualifications, but I have the audacity to know that I can do the other ones. Mm-hmm. And, then, and then their job is to look at these resumes. So it's not like they're going to just bypass the shit because you ain't got a degree on there. There's ways to craft it. We're in this role. So there's ways to craft it to where, like, everything that they read is all about what you can do. And then they get down to the education, like, oh, shit, he ain't have a degree? 
So what? Like the rest of his resume is completely qualified. I'm gonna give that a pass. And like I said, I'm not speaking on my ass. Like these people say this shit. Yeah. It's like, damn. So that hundred and fifty thousand dollars in debt that I went into, maybe or may not be the case. But you, like you said earlier, you gotta see that for yourself. Mm-hmm. Cause if you want to go be an artist, look, school can work because you're gonna put yourself around art or art people, art uh, professors. But do you need that? I don't think you can just say, "Hey, let me pay one hundred fifty thousand dollars and then go figure it out." Yeah. Now let me ask a deeper conversation that could be on the borderline of controversial. So we're guys. We're mm-hmm. we're in the field of counseling, mm-hmm. you know, and to a certain extent, like I mean, we're probably sort of a, a minority in the counseling we field. We are, and I mean, we're also um, uh, men of color, so mm-hmm. even more. Let's add another layer of minority. But does that give us more opportunity, you know, because we're sort of a sort of a niche group, um, or does it make it challenging for us to give us opportunities? And also, I'll add another layer to it: is you know. Do we enjoy the work that we do so much as counselors that maybe we we don't want to pursue sort of other like leadership or management roles, even mm-hmm. though you know that the possibility is out there? But maybe we love that face to face contact and we love to work with people more one on one. Is it bad to feel that way? Uh, I would say originally, I believe it was a pressure. I think um, I think a comment somebody made one time was. You know, you don't look like your typical career counselor. And earlier in my career, I was like, fuck does that mean? You know what I mean? Yeah, like, right? <laughs> it's like, what does that mean? But then I, but it was one of those, those realities of that you're, you being foreign in this space means that you're being taken, taken out of context sometimes. Okay. Cause what the fuck does me not looking like a counselor even mean? Right. What, is that, what does that even mean? Yeah. So, I, so initially it was like, well, you perceive me as something that I'm not based on just how I look. Male, black, whatever you want to call it, young. Mm-hmm. But this is the shit I got to deal with. It's like, oh, well, don't hug the student because that looks a little creepy. She she came up to me and said how appreciative she was that she got a job. What am I supposed to do? Ah, no, nah, I can't. You yeah. know what I mean? Because I'm a male in a counseling role that watched you cry, but I'm not supposed to show affection. So I do think early that it affected how I went about my role because like, all right, I have to watch myself as a male in this space. I have to be respectful that let me not be the first guy to talk because I'm probably the only guy multiple times in the meeting with like 12 different women most of the time. Mm -hmm. But then I got to a point of appreciating that I think we're moving towards a society. Again, the people are actually about this of equalness. And And now I started to see my value as well, I'm just somebody bringing something to the table. Mm-hmm. And if I'm not valued based on what I bring to the table, okay. But I ignore the all the other stuff now that was a problem. Now, it, it was. It was. not. I shouldn't say problem, but it was something that I had to really think about. Like, okay, I have to watch so much of it that it was distracting. Sure. It was distracting. Sure. What do you think, man? Yeah, I mean, like, I, I think I, I sort of experience it in a similar way where you know I've, I've been told like oh hey you know you're a unicorn in this field because you know you're Asian and you're male and um, you know because you're going to the counseling field is very not normal mm-hmm. and, and and also like I'm, I'm younger as well and so it's like I've had a couple of times where like staff or um, other you know individuals on campus or even students are like Oh, like, uh, am I gonna meet with my counselor, or like, mm-hmm. are, am I meeting with like a student peer? I'm like, no, like, I'm your counselor. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. like, don't even trip. And so mm-hmm. it's like, I think it's sort of us stepping into a place where, hey, you know, like, yes, we we are a little bit different in in, in sort of what you've been used to, but mm-hmm. why is that bad? Like, that's not a bad thing. You know, right. we we still bring our knowledge and expertise or whatever, mm-hmm. and 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 that you know that that's just who we are, and we. You know, I think over the years I've just started to accept, like, hey, all right, that's cool, but mm-hmm. no, like, I'm 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 a full time counselor, and I, you know, I I, I embrace that, you know, right, for right. for who I am, and and I think, you know, kind of me looking trajectory wise of like what I I maybe want to pursue, it's just like, you know, like I I love being a counselor, you mm-hmm. know, like I, I love working one on one with people, but, you know, should I pursue opportunities beyond that? Right. I don't know, and right, and right. honestly. I think where we're at now in society, like, I, I think 
the people who I've had as mentors, as leaders, and I've learned the most from have been women. Mm-hmm. And, and, I, and I, I value that so much. It's just because it's like, and, and, and I support 100% that women who want to pursue these leadership roles, like, go for it with all your might because it's like, don't let anything stop you or, you know, you know, give you hesitation. Like, honestly, I've seen firsthand, I've learned so much from those who have mentored me and been a, a supervisor or a leader for me mm-hmm. because, you know, they, they've had their, their expertise and they, they bring their perspective and it's like, I love it. Yeah, and that's what's good about bringing down those boundaries of at the end of the day how does this person conduct himself from a character standpoint Mm -hmm. all Mm it really matters Mm -hmm. because similar to you um besides one job ever every single woman every single job i had was a woman supervisor Mm -hmm. some of the best experiences i've ever had some of the better leadership qualities that i've experienced and how i try to use that to my to my own advantage learning from them so you learn and this kind of goes back to the point I'll mention in a second, but you learn that none of that it's it's not a detriment to be a male or a female. You know what I mean? Right, I feel like it's right. been used against people for so long that that shit is old at the end of the day. Like that shit is old. It it really is. And so I think now to embrace it, it has helped because leadership role or not, I'm not I don't feel bad that I'm gonna go either way. Mm-hmm. Me personally, it just has to make sense. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now do I feel like, damn, D4, you haven't been a you haven't been a leader in your field just yet? Like, come on, you're a guy, uh, you know that type of stuff. It's like if I feel like it, I'll do it. But I don't feel like I'm obligated, or other way or other way around. Or damn, you're still a counselor, you're still working with these students. It's like hell yeah, you know what I mean. And I enjoy it just as much as some other women counselors, or maybe more sympathetic than some women counselors. It makes sense on how I go about exactly. it. Exactly, yep. and that's yep. really all it comes down to but again i think bigger picture this might be the, i'm just finding these topics as we go like bigger picture but um i think a lot of it i really do think a lot of it it's fear-based like if if i can try to paint an analogy i feel like we all unconsciously take a sip of fear and it just runs in our system and we just don't know how to get rid of it until we finally acknowledge it and i say that because if i'm in fearful that as a man, I'm not in a leadership role yet. I go back to what? Scarcity mentality. Thinking, oh, let me just chase the next job. That in the back of my mind, I don't even want. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. But I got to look. So I'm stressing out over this computer. Or I'm mad that I've been at a great job for three to four years. Or however long it is because I'm not that yet. Mm-hmm. Or, you know what I'm saying? Or I have to be more of this dominant, you know, whatever the case is. Right, it's just like, right. I don't have to do any of that because... But, I mean, originally, I think people are in that space because they fear that if they're not that, then they're not going to get opportunity. Mm -hmm. Where it's actually counterintuitive. Well, I don't know if I said that right, but it's on the flip side, you valuing what your character is is actually what creates the opportunity. Yep. Yep. You know what I mean? It's not because I'm a man. You know what I'm saying? It's just, no, I'm I'm a leader. I'm a leader. So, leaders lead. Mm -hmm. I'm a counselor. So, counselors counsel. So, it's kind of like whatever the case is, but... It's it's the removing of fear mm-hmm. of if I don't do, then I'm not. Now it's just if I don't do, I don't feel like it. Mm-hmm. And that's it. Yep. Yeah. So, yeah, man. Like, I mean, do you see it as that, though? Like, these analogies literally just come to me. But, like, could, could you see, like, the last few topics that we talked about that it's initiated by fear? Or do you think they're separate occasions? Like, or is no, there not necessarily the case? I, I, I 100% agree with you. Like, I do think that underneath it all, there's sort of a fear base approach to it and Mm -hmm. like once you start to take out fear it's just like okay well what am i to be afraid of i mean Mm -hmm. it's the same thing like when people when kids grow up they're afraid of like oh let me i'm not gonna look under my bed or i'm not gonna look you know i'm not i'm gonna be afraid of the dark but it's like why why like why why, why have Mm -hmm. i been told this all my life when really there's nothing there Exactly. You know, and, and so if you go about your life in a fear-based way, you miss opportunities, like you mm-hmm. said. You miss just being open to life that's out there and exploring it and taking chances and taking mm-hmm. risks. And, you know, you sort of rely on, hey, I, I know my intuition. I know my who I am as a person. But mm-hmm. if I if I approach it life in a way where I'm not afraid, mm-hmm. hey, you know what? People, people are going to accept me. People are not. Mm-hmm. But I know who I am. And y'all can take that for what it is. Right. And it's using fear as a tool. 
because there's no what nothing what we're saying is to ignore a natural instinct of being fearful mm-hmm. that you can't do that and people mm-hmm. fear is a great teacher mm-hmm. it's how you control it how yep. you elect uh, fear control you because if i'm afraid of making a move then everything at that point is is a uh, i'm not making a move mm-hmm. right so it's like oh well i'm afraid to make that move so i'm not making a move versus Fear is making me make that move because I'm afraid of whatever the case is. So I think fear can just be dependent on the situation. Mm-hmm. But I think the bigger issue is, it's how we allowed it to tame us, mm-hmm. like a numb of, of opportunity. Because like you said, yo, I'm afraid of going in my room at night until your parent push you in the room and like turn off the light. You learn how to embrace that and mm-hmm. be like, oh, what was I tripping on? Yeah. And now you just now you're good. Yeah. You know what I mean? And. I think that's the point. Like, maybe the kid was actually being afraid of being by themselves or whatever the case is, but you learn how to deal with it and you use it mm-hmm. instead of it, you know, the person who can never sleep with the lights off ever again. You know, yep. it, that, that's not healthy. Yep. They constantly be constricted by fear and what you don't have. Like, it's in a literal sense of it, it's dangerous because there's people on the, right next to you thinking the exact opposite and some one day they just disappear and like what happened to that person like damn he moved on with his life that's what happened you know what i'm saying so it's like you gotta like control that stuff mentally but Mm -hmm. it's just the mind is a work in progress man it's just crazy though yeah so um is there like any last topics we want to hit on or we feel like we're pretty good today i think we're pretty good today i mean going forward in terms of next episode it'll be our last one for the season i mean we probably have some things that'll come up you know uh sporadically but you know i I still want to explore a little bit more in terms of friendship and and kind of see how that plays out so we may have that brought up the next uh in this episode yeah for sure and this one felt like an actual counseling session so hit us up you know what i'm saying if y'all need some counseling no it's it's a joke but like (laughs) i think that was kind of our responsibility a little bit because like we're talking about the 501 and life going on but as people are approaching us with this stuff, it's like, I think it's important just to put it out there. Like, opportunities are not on the internet. Some are, 2%, mm-hmm. literally. Um, going to college doesn't have to be bad, or does, or you don't probably have to go to college. Like, it really depends on whatever you kind of w- look into. But I do think it's important to just understand why you're doing what you're doing. Mm-hmm. And there's never an age and to decide that, like, seven years old, yo, why you want to go to um, band camp versus soccer camp? Like, I think those are decisions that are the same as, should I go to college or university or a two-year university? Mm-hmm. Should I get a job or should I go start my own business? I don't think they're different from the contextual sides of how the mind works. So I think it's important just to throw those things out there. And, yeah, and we'll continue to engage. So shout-out to Jay Ford again and giving us that topic. I think it was really good, but... um. Yeah, more yeah. to come. More we'll to come. definitely catch you all next time. So, again, this is 501. This has been Charlie Rodnewson and D Ford. All right, peace out, y'all. Be good. Thank you all for listening to the latest episode of the 501 Talk Series. This is genuine conversations with no filters. So definitely catch us next time for our latest episode. You can follow us on Instagram at bougiebowtie and Professor D4. That'll be it for us now. We'll catch you later. We out. Peace.